0: It's time for Horrenda's Agenda Bill's Reflections on Sports and Life. Wanna buy a new car? And joining us today, yet another personality from Hudson County and our neighborhood back in North Bergen, New Jersey. We've heard from Joey Coco Diaz, the actor slash comedian, Tommy Parker. The schoolyard legend with a game akin to Kyrie Irving, who UB Brown called the best finisher in the NBA. Parker, the best finisher at 79th Street Courts. And now Al Iannizone, the New York Knicks beat writer for Newsday. Al, welcome to such hallowed ground by Diaz and Parker as Herenza's Agenda.
1: What's up, Bill? I would have loved to have been on with, with Tom. I haven't seen her. I used to play with him all the time
0: on 79th and then on 82nd Street Courts. Al, we will have to have that roundtable before the summer is over. Uh, I know you're busy. You're joining us now from Orlando uh, as the uh, NBA Summer League will soon commence, and i covering the New York Knicks. I think it's a good time to talk to you a day after the Phil Jackson James Dolan New York Knicks divorce. What is the vibe? in and around New York, uh, especially now that we've had a day for the dust to settle for folks who maybe haven't tuned into sports talk radio or caught you yet online? Well, I think people in New York are happy. I mean, it's so weird
1: how things happen. You know, when Phil got here, everybody believed that he would make a a difference, make the difference that the Knicks needed. I mean, you're talking about, you know, one of the marquee teams in the league um, and they've only won one playoff series since 2000 and, and, You know, Phil was going to come and change that and change the culture and bring that championship pedigree, you know, 11 rings, two more as a player. He came from the Knick organization. He believed in system basketball. Red Holtzman was, you know, one of his favorite I mean, it just seemed like it was a a perfect marriage, and a a great way for him to end his basketball life, uh, bringing the Knicks back to prominence. And the exact opposite happened. And now the fans couldn't be happier that Phil is gone because, you know, not only did the Knicks not win, but it became so frustrating for them uh, because of the way they were playing because the triangle offense was being, you know, shoved down their throats. The the, the players didn't like it, but it didn't matter. Uh, The coaches didn't want to play it, but it didn't matter. Phil wanted to prove, and this is what I think was one of his biggest failings. He wanted to prove that he could win playing his way. And it didn't work. It it worked when you had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kobe Bryant, but it was not going to work with uh, Jose Calderon, uh, Sam D'Alembert, you know, uh, Robin Lopez, guys like that. It's just not going to work. Now, Carmelo Anthony uh, didn't play as great as he could have, but still, it just wasn't a good fit, and now time to move on.
0: And you know what, Al? Really, looking back in retrospect, I couldn't agree with you more with all of the History and lineage, like you mentioned, back to those terrific teams with the current color analysts Walt, Clyde Frazier, Earl of Pearl Monroe, the Busher, the Captain Willis Reed, et cetera, it just seemed like if if Phil Jackson could not instill the electricity back at Madison Square Garden, who could and who could have anticipated the you know like you said, just the disconnect and the inability yeah. to get it done. As an executive, I, I thought, you know, this is going to be great for New York. It's going to be also great for the league. Was it simply his stubbornness, as you've described it, that led ultimately to, to his demise in the mix to continue to, to wallow here in non-playoff territory? And also, you know, let's face it, the, the ultimate uh, dysfunction, kind of like the Proud family, uh, so dysfunctional, you know, with, with the likes of the Sacramento Kings, although the Kings are trying to get uh, back on track. Yeah, no, uh,
1: Bill, that's that's the way I view it. I mean, if you go back to, uh, you know, his first training camp with the Knicks, they went to um, West Point, and I remember talking to J.R. Smith and asking him, um, did you ever think about, you know, when you look at Phil and, and Kurt Rambis, who we brought in, and Derek Fisher was the head coach, <coughs> excuse me, and Jim Clemens was an assistant coach, how many rings that they've won. And, and he said to me, it's funny, we were sitting at dinner one night, me and Mello, in the mess hall at West Point, and they were, those guys were sitting together, and he said that they were having a conversation just about that. They were trying to figure out how many rings they had together, and he thought that it would help his career. And Carmelo thought the same thing, that they would, you know, he coached Kobe. He coached Michael. Uh, he was a guy who these were, you know, Carmelo's friends and idols that he thought he he would learn from him. And it just went south so quickly. I mean, Jared Smith was gone right away. Iman Shumpert. You know, Amari, uh, there was a buyout. And let's remember something, Bill. When he took over this team, they had won 54 games the year before. Uh, they hired him in March. They won 37 games that year and just missed the playoffs by one game. Now, he didn't have any impact on anything because Mike Woodson was coaching the team and it was past the trade deadline. But they missed the playoffs by one game, and there were a lot of injuries during the early part of the season. Now, the season ends. He fires Mike Woodson. He brings in all his people, which, you know, is going to happen. He changes the culture, so to speak. He changes how they play. They win 17 games the next year. Then they win 32, then they win 31. They never reached that 37 win or the 54 win from the year before. They won more than 50 50 games or more each season he was the the president of the team. So, yeah, it it was just an abject failure um, that you really could not have predicted. I mean, you always hear about, and I I always bring up Pat Riley. Pat Riley made that transition from coach to executive almost seamlessly. You know, of course you have some growing pains. But look what Pat Riley did. He was the coach of the 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 Lakers when they ran Showtime. He comes to the Knicks, and all of a sudden he changes the system to fit his personnel. Then he goes to the Heat, and he has a different system. Then he becomes an executive, and he, Phil never changed. He never what what is what is, uh, what is um, Billy Bean say in, in, in that movie? Adapt or die, right?
0: There you go. Yeah. He,
1: he never adapted. He ne- everything was still going to be. This is how. We do it, and, and I think again that was his biggest failure. I think number two is now you know we're both basketball fans. We know he was a great coach, and 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 what did you admire about him as a coach? Well, he had a lot of strong personalities, and they uh, they meshed pretty well. I mean, he dealt with the Rodmans, he dealt with the feud with Shaq and Kobe, he dealt with Michael, he dealt with Scotty and Coach. You know, it wasn't seamless. But he dealt with all that. And one thing you could say, when everybody always said, well, he just rolls the ball on the floor. No. Phil got them all to buy in, number one. And number two, he was a good – he managed personalities well. And he managed people well. That didn't happen here. He did not manage people well. He did not manage personalities well. He he clashed with Derek Fisher, as we found out. He clashed with Carmelo Anthony. The way this season ended with Porzingis, he clashed with him. So the things that – you know, you expected him to
0: excel at. He didn't. And, and Al, did he ever come close to coaching the team? I know, obviously, there are health scenarios uh, that may be prohibitive uh, from that standpoint. We talked. We heard rumors that maybe he would coach at home. Was that ever close to happening?
1: No, I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think it was ever close because, you know, the funny thing now, is we say this. Uh, Phil didn't want to hurt his legacy. I mean, 11-time champion, you know, gets to the finals 13, 14 times, wins basically 50 to 60 games every single season. He had never put together a team that was going to win 50 games. So I don't think he wanted that on his resume. But instead, he's got this on his resume, 80-166, three years as a president, and, uh, you know, I don't think he gets another job in the NBA. I think there were a lot of mistakes made through through, through the course of everything. I think that he should have been a consultant. I think that's what he wanted. But, uh, you know, Jim Jim Dolan wanted him to be the president. Jim wanted him to be the coach, but Phil wasn't going to coach the team. Plus, he's not healthy. I mean, if, you, if you've if you ever seen him, you know, he's had sure. his health issues. He doesn't walk well. He has basically said his health doesn't allow him to do it. That's why there was that talk of him doing home and away. He was going to do that with the Lakers, if you remember, and that's when, you know, they were a good team. I never thought it was close to happening because he just didn't have the type of players that, you know, he could coach or that would at least, you know, keep his winning percentage
0: where it was. Sure, sure. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Horrendous Agenda. Our guest today, Al Iannazone from Newsday. He's a beat writer for the New York Knicks. You can follow him on Twitter. You probably already are, so I apologize for the redundancy. He's at Al underscore ianazone at Al underscore ianazone two N's, two Z's. And, Al, with Jim Dolan, much maligned, of course, but now it's almost as if where do you go from here? And for Dolan himself, and obviously very publicly distancing himself, you know, Phil's running the team. I'm not running it. It's on Phil. And for him to hire, you know, one of the best basketball minds, there was, and for it to not work out, it seems like no good deed goes unpunished, and this guy, despite his flaws, just can't get this ship on the right course. Yeah, you know, I I, I think he tried to do the right
1: thing here, obviously, when you you bring in a guy like Phil Jackson, who's been in the league for forever, and again, we talked all about his Success. I mean, he was a success, he was a success everywhere he went. He was a success in the CBA as a coach too. I think he won a championship there. So he was a success everywhere he went. He's an intelligent guy. Uh, it just didn't work. So you know, now where do you go? You go back to the beginning and 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 you start interviewing people. I mean, right now Steve Mills is is running the team because as we know it's uh, free agency time. We're you know thirty six hours or so away from the start of free agency. And the Knicks have to put together a roster. They have to make decisions regarding Carmelo Anthony, whether they're going to keep him if they can find a deal for him um, that he would accept because he has a no-trade club. So you know they've hired um, Tim Tim Lewicki from uh, he
0: used to oversee sure, yeah.
1: um, the MLSE, the Maple Leafs, sports entertainment. So the Raptors and Toronto Maple Leafs, and he was the guy who brought Masai Ujiri into Toronto. So of course that's a name you have to watch. But and he's he's a, he's a Excellent executive. He helped, you know, build playoff teams in in Denver and obviously in Toronto. Uh, but my concern, if I'm the Knicks, you got to give up draft picks because this guy's under contract. Another name you've heard mentioned probably is Sam Presti, you know, an outstanding general manager president with uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who comes from the Spurs tree. So you you have to like him, and he knows how to build a program. He's under contract. Do you give up draft picks? You know, that's the that's been the thing with the Knicks. They've always given up draft picks to get the next big score, And, you know, who knows if they've missed out on franchise-type players because of that. So I don't know. I don't know if you go after guys who are free agents like David Griffin. You know, he's free right now. The Cavaliers didn't re-sign him, didn't give him an extension. So do you go after him? It won't cost you anything. Or do you try to find um, someone else who, you know, like unearth, uh the next big thing? I mean, who, who who knows? Who knows what the right answer is? But, Bill, we know this. You know, you're from the area and you, you follow the NBA. The Knicks always go for the big name. They went for the big name in Isaiah Thomas. They went for the big name in Larry Brown. They went for the big name in Lenny Wilkins. They went for the big name in Phil Jackson. And, you know, it hasn't worked. So maybe now, maybe you try something different. I don't know.
0: And, Al, is there any possibility that Isaiah Thomas He's resurrected with the Knicks.
1: You know, that's a great question, and that's something I've always been told to watch for because he works right down the hall. You know, he is the president of the New York Liberty, and he still has a close relationship with, with Jim Dolan. So you don't rule it out entirely, but, you know, we've all been told it's not likely to happen. Uh, I know Isaiah tweeted today he's not interested. Uh, he likes the job he does, but, you know,
0: <laughs> now you know, t- know he's going to do it Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> see that, it, it, it definitely makes you laugh um, I don't know if you
1: go back down that route I, You know, I mean If you want to look at Isaiah's track record And, and obviously he, he hasn't been that successful He's been decent at drafting players And we're not even going to talk the off-the-court stuff Because obviously that's an issue That they have with sexual harassment But he, I don't know if you go down that route i think I think you you know if you don't give it to Steve Mills, who's the acting general manager right who's the general manager right now and he's running the day to day operation, I think you got to try to find some new blood and,
0: and al here are some questions that it's almost unfair to ask due to the many balls still up in the air that you've excellently articulated, but for example uh Carmelo, do you think that he stays or goes i mean it it's maybe impossible to answer, but I gotta
1: ask you yeah of course and 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 bill from day one, I thought he was I thought he was gone I mean, going back to Phil for just a second, I'm not surprised this happened. I'm really not you know, like yesterday was a big day in the n b a Phil was out, and Chris Paul was traded. I was surprised that Chris Paul was traded. I was not surprised that Phil was ousted. That being said, I did think Phil would outlast Carmelo. I thought that you know the Knicks were going to do it, and Phil was making it very clear that Carmelo was persona non grata, you know, in New York, and they wanted to move on for him. From him, for a variety of reasons. I mean, did did he he didn't like the triangle, or uh, they weren't winning with him, or you know, the people who are on Phil's side will say that Carmelo was poisoning Kristaps Porzingis. Look, the bottom line is. We can list all the things that went wrong. Phil is the one who gave Carmelo Anthony a no-trade clause. That is coming back to bite him. That came back to bite him, and that's coming back to bite the Knicks right now because Carmelo can block any trade. If not, you know what could have happened. He could have been traded to the Kings. He could have been traded to the Sixers. You know, he gave him the no-trade clause in one of his first moves as Knicks president, and now Carmelo holds the... Uh, the ball and, you know, everything's in his court. He can decide whether he wants to go to this city or this team. Now, of course, you're hearing the rumors that he would prefer a buyout. That way he could sign with the team he wants. But, you know, the Knicks want to get something back, and, and you can't blame them for that. They want assets for their best player. So th- this is going to be an interesting offseason to see what happens. Uh You hear a lot of different things. His wife was on, or a strange wife was on, Wendy Williams, the other day and said, that Carmelo wants to remain close to their son, uh, you know, Kayan sure. and, and she's living in New York. So you would think, okay, if he wants to remain close to New York, that's Boston, Philadelphia, Washington or the Knicks. Um, I don't know if he wants to go to any of those teams. I think he wants to play with Chris Paul. Now Chris Paul's with the Rockets, which opens up an interesting thing because Mike D'Antoni is the coach of the Rockets and Carmelo and D'Antoni didn't get along when they were together. Uh, he and LeBron are buddies Um I know he would love to play with LeBron. Does he go to Cleveland? Does he just stick it out for one year, and then they all sign together in L.A. or somewhere else next year? I mean, those are all
0: feasible, believable things in this current environment in the NBA. Just got to wait and see what happens. Exactly. And, now does this pave the way for Hornacek to have free reign over what goes on on the floor, and they start to build around poor Zingis? That, that would be at a minimum, perhaps. That's you know emerging here. Maybe that's the only clarity we have. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean that's you, you can you can certainly see that happening. But again, Bill, and you know this, we we we've talked about this even earlier. If they hire a president from another team, inevitably he's going to want to bring in his own guy. So I don't know if Hornacek is safe, so to speak. But you know he's the coach right now, and and now we'll see if he can coach because I think last year he didn't get a fair shake. Uh, I thought he did a good job his first season in Phoenix, and I think in both cases you know, Jeff's a smart guy. Obviously number one, he played for some really good coaches, played on some great teams, the, the, those Utah teams. Um, I thought he did a good job with Phoenix that first year, and then they cut, they 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 started making changes, and they brought in more point guards, and they got rid of it. they got rid of that, and then guys were hurt, and all of a sudden he was gone. And then he comes to the Knicks. And we're told he's going to play a certain way. He doesn't have to run the triangle. He only has to use aspects. That's the word he kept using, triangle aspects. <coughs> and then suddenly it was triangle all the time. Phil made him run the triangle. Now, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a problem to me, that you're asking a coach who never coached it, never played in it, he's got to run it. What message are you sending to the players, too? Because the players are smart, and you know that.
0: And they course, want to know yeah, that their yeah.
1: coach is there for them. And if the coach is just doing, you know, look somewhat looks like a puppet because he's doing whatever the general manager or the president tells him to do, then
0: you're going to lose the respect of the players. And I think that started to happen last year. Exactly. And you know what, Al? In the topsy-turvy mercurial NBA, if I'm not mistaken, can you believe that right now we're sitting here on, the, you know, like you said, 36 hours from free agency and there's been zero turnover with coaching? I mean, that's unbelievable. Last year we had 40%. And if I'm not mistaken, we, we there have not been any Toshi moves. And it's just, I think it just speaks to the unpredictable nature of the business. Well, yeah, I mean, the
1: league is, is different. It's just different now. You never know what to expect. And I'm not surprised. For the most part, I'm not surprised by anything. You know, uh, Chris Paul surprised me yesterday, but Nothing would surprise me, you know. If 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 a coach is fired, if somebody leaves, if somebody moves on, it 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 doesn't it doesn't surprise me. But I do want to see. Like we just came from summer league practice, and 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 I know this is going to drive Knicks fans crazy, but you know we're watching from a distance, and you're seeing there's three people on one side of the floor, two people on the other. Well, that looks like a triangle, you know. Um, <laughs> They, right, then, right. you know, Jeff is going to do that. He's going to, you know, and, and he keeps saying, if you watch Golden State, if you watch San Antonio, there are, uh, you know, sets where there's going to be three guys on one side of the floor. That's the way it works. That is a triangle thing. Golden State runs some triangle aspects. Again, I'm going to use that word. But I do think here is an opportunity for him. And what he said today that I liked, and if I'm a Knicks fan, you like it, that the Knicks are going to look for players now who can play and not necessarily who fit the system. Whereas last year, the season before, they're looking for guys who fit the system. Yeah, I go back to the adapter die. You have to be able to play to your personnel. You can't say, This is what we're running. I want guys who fit this. It just
0: doesn't work. Exactly. I was a space and pace scenario. And you're right, you're always going to have wrinkles of the triangle. The pro set is embedded in that. You know, you're going to, you know, at some point have some post touches. You need to improve your passing angle from the wing, dribbling hard to the baseline. I mean, those are all basics of the game that will always be there. But you're right. To accentuate that and have that as a almost singular focus in this day and age is just an anachronism. And, you know, again, you know, Tillichini, your take on him, and then the Derrick Rose. Again, it's almost unfair to ask you where this goes without – someone heading up basketball operations. Uh, but a- a- any thoughts you-, you would like to share on that, I'd be remiss not to ask you about those players.
1: Yeah, well, Nilekina, uh, you know, obviously they picked this kid. He's an 18-year-old kid. Nobody knows what he can do. Just like when Porzingis got here. He was the number four pick. People were booing him. There was a kid crying on TV, <laughs> yeah. you know, and-, and all of a sudden he's he's the franchise player going forward. Uh, who knows what to say about this kid, Neil Aquino. But he was picked because Phil thought he would fit the system. But we spoke to him today. We spoke to Neil Aquino today, and he believes he can play in any system. And I, I tend to believe that. Now, I, I've not seen the kid other than YouTube, you know, so I sure, don't know. Sure. Um, and he's not practicing right now because he's got a bum knee. Uh, so we're not, we might not see him for a couple of days, and might not even see him in the summer league debut. But when you look at him, he's six foot five. He's, he's with his reach, he's more than seven feet. You know, that's today's NBA. He can guard multiple positions. That's what guys want. It doesn't matter triangle. He could be a guy who could play, especially defensively. If he can guard, if he gets bigger, he's only eighteen. If he grows six, 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 seven, he can guard two, three positions. He can play two, three positions on the floor, so he could turn out could turn out to be a good player and a good draft pick for Phil Jackson. Uh, you know, and one more thing, he can put on on his resume because I think everybody believes that Porzingis and Hernan Gomez were his two best moves. We'll see if this you know last kid uh, turns out to be one. But again, he's 18. You got to let him grow. So going back to what you asked earlier with Derrick Rose, you need a you need a veteran in here. There's no doubt. You look at the Knicks roster, they have Courtney Lee in the backcourt. Um, I'm probably forgetting other guards. That might be their only guard. I mean, they have more bigs than, than, than smalls. <laughs> right. Well, Rand- Randall,
0: Randall kid, uh, the kid out of Stanford, of course. Right, but he's you
1: know, he's a non-guaranteed guy. Right,
0: right, you sure. Know, they, they have sure. a lot of guys who are non-guaranteed. They have eight guys under
1: contract, and the ones off the top of my head, bigs, you know, Noah, Hernan Gomez, Porzingis. Kylo Quinn—they're all bigs, right? Um, right. So they—they they, need—they need a point guard. Um, is it Derrick Rose? It might be. I mean, they might be able to get him for less because you know there's always going to be concern about his health. You know that. You know, and right. last season yeah. I did with him needing knee surgery. But you know, I will say this, and I kind of mentioned it in my story for tomorrow. If they're going to play, be playing more pick and roll, I thought Derrick Rose was a terrible acquisition last year from the standpoint of. They're running this triangle. He's a pick and roll point guard. Right? Right. But yeah. Now if they're yeah. running more pick and roll, he might fit better.
0: Well yeah. right. the
1: whole league is pick and roll, Alex. Right. I mean, so, I mean, so but he but might yeah. now he might fit what the Knicks are doing. But again, you have to put fielders out there. You gotta see what else is out there. You know, Ricky Rubio's name has come up a million times with the Knicks. Um George Hill. Uh I don't know if he would want to leave you know Utah, or, or or not go to a winning environment. We're talking about a guy who's played on good teams basically his whole career. Drafted by San Antonio, does he want to go to a rebuilding situation? Jeff Teague. I mean, the Knicks love Drew Holiday. Uh, I don't think they can afford him. They don't have that much money, but they are going to have to do something because you need a veteran point guard. Uh, another guy, you know, that they want to bring back is Ron Baker. Uh, he did a decent job last year, and he could be a young find, but. You need more than that because somebody's got to mentor this kid.
0: Al, this has been absolutely terrific. You follow him on Twitter. It's at Al underscore ianazone with two N's, two Z's. You read him at Newsday. Al, we'll have to continue this dialogue with or without Tommy Parker in a (laughs) roundtable. Because as the summer goes on, these questions will slowly uh, be answered. The next story will coalesce. And uh, I I can't thank you enough for taking some time and joining us today, particularly with your busy schedule in Orlando with the eve of free agency and summer league just about upon us.
1: So anytime, and, you know, let's catch up in a month, because in a month we we might have the answer to all these questions, where Carmelo goes, who's the president, who's the coach, all that stuff. But the Knicks, no matter what,
0: there's always something going on there. (laughs) That's for sure. Never a dull moment. Thanks so much, Al. Thanks, Bill. Take care i get out of here.
1: You can follow Bill on Twitter at Harenda and catch him daily on the KFBK Morning News. Cold-blooded, cold-blooded, i telling you the truth. Yeah, let me stop here at this gas station.